0: that I should seem a rather remote figure to many of you, a successor to the kings and queens of history, someone whose face may be familiar in newspapers and films, but who never really touches your personal lives. My father died much too young, and so it was all a very sudden kind of taking on. It's a question of maturing into something that one's got used to doing. All too often, I fear Prince Philip has had to listen to me speaking. He is someone who doesn't take easily to compliments, but he has quite simply been my strength and stay all these years. As the carol says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and to the service of our great imperial family
1: to which we all belong. Alex Pearson with you on what is an historic Friday, the September 9th. Great to have you here with us. And yeah, it's an historic time of mourning right around the world as we remember the longest serving queen of our time. And sure, there's going to be endless amounts of coverage, but we've not seen something like this. In our lifetimes, because regardless of what your thoughts might be on the royals, you know, or the future of the monarchy, the outpouring of grief that we're seeing around the world certainly speaks for itself. The mountain of flowers out front of Buckingham Palace, just enormous. The country is completely shut down as they go into a state of mourning. They had just shut down the country, of course, for the Jubilee celebrations, which were enormous. And now they shut down for a completely more somber affair. And moments like this don't come often in our lifetime. There will never be another head of state serving as long as the Queen's seven decades. And, and I, we all knew the day was coming. We all knew Her Majesty was slowing down. But um, it was always this assumption she'll just be around. You know, keep calm, carry on. She'll just be around. She'll be here when she's 100, right? But here we are in a period of mourning where the United Kingdom shuts down for the next 10 days and millions will... Pay tribute to what really will be the Queen's final act for her country. And that duty is the funeral that she herself planned over a couple of decades. Right down to the last detail, we're going to witness a lot of pomp and ceremony, uh, all of it carefully crafted by Her Majesty. And it's got a name, it's uh, Operation London Bridge, and in the days to come, This carefully coordinated send-off is going to see dozens and dozens of speeches and ceremonies and (coughs) salutes and a seamless transition of power to the new king. Yes, Charles automatically is our king now, and so he will be heading most of the events planned throughout the days to come. He's got a very big speech that uh, we will probably carry for you at around 1 o'clock this afternoon, 6 o'clock UK time. And so he begins the job that he has trained for, and his mother has trained him for his whole life. Will he be up to the job? Uh, that is That remains to be seen, but he has been trained, no question about it. And he, if he could be half of what his mother was, or a quarter, then um, then he you know, will be accepted. But again, that, that is going to be a very big challenge for him. But because, of course, we're a Commonwealth country, we also enter this period of mourning, so flags lowered. Books of condolence are being put out. All government business comes to an end, including, you know, um, we were supposed to get a bunch of announcements yesterday by the Trudeau government. All of that's been put on hold. Uh, even the conservative leadership event m- going to be much, much different than expected. And a lot of procedural things now will have to happen, including the governor general, uh, the prime minister. They would have been given advance notice. Apparently they got about an hour advance notice. Um, of her death so that they could prepare for all the things that have to do, have to do as part of the Commonwealth. And I think only in her death will we be reminded, you know, just how um, how much the Queen is part of this country. Now, she loved this country. Out of all the Commonwealth countries, Canada was her uh, first love. She came here uh, more than 20 times. She loved our diversity. She learned French. I mean, she went out of a way to learn French. That That takes commitment. She had a child uh, who went to private school here. Of course, she signed our Constitution Act in 1982, ushering in our Charter of Rights. Spent a lot of time in Toronto. She came here as a princess, but she she came here a lot. She loved, she went to the Queen's uh, Plate in, in 2010, loved horses. The horse world is really mourning her today. She took in a couple of hockey games, an exhibition game at Maple Leaf Gardens. She, of course stayed at the Royal York in her Royal Suite. Interesting, she dropped a puck at the 2002 Canucks game, and I was listening to uh, John Oakley last night with uh, Sheila Copps kind of giving a backstory to, I think, a a story that probably most of us wouldn't know, but she dropped a puck at the 2002 Canucks game. Gretzky had taught her how to drop the puck so that it would land flat. And at this time, this was right after 9-11. This was after the bombings of the Salt Lake City, you know, games. It was a volatile time. But in that moment, which was carefully, carefully, carefully coordinated with Buckingham Palace, she dropped the puck. It landed flat, yeah. Uh, but a lot of conversations were had behind the scenes, and it, uh, it is believed that, that the Queen very much was instrumental in getting Vancouver the Winter Olympics. But you just look around, all around us, Queen's Park, the QEW, Queen Elizabeth Theatre, Exhibition Place, all these things, do they get renamed? King's Park? Not quite the same. And there'll be an awful lot of debate on the future of the monarchy. But I think even those who don't care will probably uh, stop for this moment. I mean, she was an extraordinary woman. She deserves the recognition because we're not going to see the likes of her kind of leadership again. I don't think there's anybody. I was trying to think who in the world um, has led through such stoic and historic times as she has. I mean, this is a woman who. Witness assassinations of presidents, uh, the Cold War, follow the Berlin Wall, end of communism, 9-11, the death of Princess Di, the London Blitz. Uh, She (laughs) volunteered to be a mechanic and and help in the Second World War. I mean, her list of contributions would would take up three shows. She she, she was just a remarkable one. And um, she lived at a time where, you know, 70 years ago is not the world we have today. So she transformed and modernized the monarchy You know, she outlasted 12 prime ministers in this country, including Justin Trudeau, who I actually thought was um, he gave a very brief statement yesterday. Very brief. But I here's what he said. And I actually felt, felt it was one of his more authentic moments.
2: As her 12th Canadian prime minister, I'm having trouble believing that my last sit down with her was my last. I will so miss those chats. She was thoughtful wise, curious, helpful, funny, and so much more. In a complicated world, her steady grace and resolve brought comfort and strength to us all. Canada is in mourning. She was one of my favorite people in the world. And I will miss her so.
1: And, of course, um, at home, I mean, she was uh, Liz Truss, the new prime minister. She she worked right up until the end. I mean, she was obviously frail, but um, she made sure that she publicly appointed the the new prime minister and transferred that power, um, the last official photo of the queen shaking Truss's hand, which I think a lot of us are shocked. Like, she was there at work. She performed her duties up until the end, and then, of course, she was gone. She also issued her last public statement. And that was in regards to the Saskatchewan mass killings that she was mourning with this country. So, I mean, her ethic and duty to country were unparalleled. You know, she was born into privilege, yeah, but she dedicated her whole life to service. It came before everything, all before her wants and needs. I mean, everyone looks at, well, she's got all this money. It's not like she could just go out and do stuff. She had to literally live every moment performing obligated duties. It wasn't about getting clicks and likes. She carried a huge burden of public life that she did not sign up for. And uh, she offered a very steady hand, despite a lot of chaos in a world, and certainly chaos within the family. So she was, the, I think, the very example of what we should want in public service. It was just all about serving others. Parked her politics. She did not want to be the story. You know, for most of us, I think older generations, she was a constant steady hand, and I think maybe younger generations will start to see what what the accomplishments of this woman were. And, maybe change their views. So you're going to see a lot over the next few days, a lot of coverage of this. And of course, we're going to see a lot of changes coming. Already underway courts in this country. I cannot say the courts of Queen's bench. Now it is now the King's bench. All of that had to change the fly yesterday. And we're going to go through this because you're going to see a lot of changing of wording of documents, the way we swear an oath, that passport you just got, got to be changed. Military buttons right now in UK, they are selling sewing on millions of new buttons for military uniforms to pay tribute to the new king. Up next, we will talk about the fact that Harry missed the death of his grandmother 90 minutes after the fact because Meghan Markle did not go. There's a lot of um, lot of chaos with that side of the story, so we'll talk about the Meghan factor and how King Charles will take the monarchy forward and his biggest job may be keeping the celebrity circus away from the monarchy as his grandmother tried. So. Uh, hard to do as mother tried to do that's coming up next stay with us here alex pearson you're listening to 640 toronto
0: an icon really isn't she you know and like i said there'll never be be anybody like her ever again that will serve so long i thought she was fantastic and like i said a role model for everybody and never put a foot wrong did she i can't really believe it to be honest I know she's getting older, but it's one of them things you never believe is going to happen. Um, it's quite upsetting really, you know, just that feeling in your stomach, you'd already know what to say. I don't, I don't really know what's going through, you know, it's, it's just a sad day for us all today. Um, and we've all known just one Queen, you know, she's she's the person we've always looked up to. So, oh, it's just a sad day, just a very, very sad day.
1: United Kingdom in a state of mourning. The whole country coming to a stop. And Operation London Bridge is now set in motion. This is a document laying out every event, every ceremony, every salute, every detail of how the Queen's death will be marked, and of course the passing power to her son. And she will have overseen all of that as her duty. And of course everyone will be watching the Royals themselves. You know, despite being hounded by the paparazzi, Queen Elizabeth did whatever she could to not be the story, which is an impossible task, given all the controversy and gossip that followed her family. Certainly in her later years, Harry and Meghan caused some of her biggest challenges dealing with allegations of racism, Uh, a daughter-in-law who made clear she was not going to keep quiet or respect the institution, and of course, Harry's got an autobiography coming out. So things are still very, very frosty between Harry and his family. And the prince missing the passing of his grandmother late, uh, late about ninety minutes, showing up to Buckingham Palace. Apparently, Meghan Markle at the last minute decided that she would not be joining him. I think the Queen likely would want nothing more than her grandkids to get along, um, but it will, necess- it will, it will be a part of what we see in the coming days. Let me bring in Patricia Treble. She has been a royal commentator for twenty years, following all of these things, and we can talk about the Meghan factor in a in a few moments. But, you know, as we remember the Queen and Her Majesty, it's obviously extraordinarily um, sad for those living in the United Kingdom um, who are now ushering in a new king while trying to figure out what life will be like without their queen.
3: Yeah, I mean, it just, it's one of those things where, I mean, I was, doing, I was doing the data a while ago, and 90% of Canadians, and I assume that the number is the same for, for Britain, have known no other head of state but the Queen. I mean, you know, when you think about that, I mean, we've just we've had two and a half generations. That's it. It's always been the queen, and it's and it's simply she's, you know, look, she is a, an incredibly private person. She's a person of her generation. Um, she never did an interview. She was not one to show her feelings very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's what kept the mystique of her. Um, what was what I thought was lovely was I don't know if you've been hearing the, the Canadian prime ministers talking about their recollections, and they all yeah. say, "I'm the twelfth prime minister," "I'm the tenth prime minister." <laughs> they know where they are in the pecking order of of yeah. the Queen's reign, and I thought yeah. that is really quite that is quite lovely. Um, but I think it is—it's it's going to be a huge change. It's going to be a cataclysmic change, and I think it's just now starting to hit people. I mean, there was a there was a, a citizenship ceremony in Canada, mm-hmm. and they had to think about it, and they changed the oath. The oath was to King Charles III.
1: Yeah. I mean, really, it's it's not till you re- reflect. And I was chatting about it a little bit earlier. I mean, she truly was uh, uh, broke the glass ceiling. When you think about what Queen Elizabeth was up against men, world leaders at a time when women were still going through the side door, women were still supposed to be in the kitchen. She truly and she never talked about it. And I don't really think ever, anyone ever really thought about she was really the first to break the glass ceiling for for a lot of
3: us gals. Oh, my heavens. Um, Soft power. That woman had influence and power um, that I think we're only going to respect. Really. And respect. I mean, look, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France today, he said, he said to the world, she is simply the queen. Yeah. You don't need to. You don't need to identify. If you say the queen, we know who you're talking about. But, yes, it was respect. And it was simply because she was, let's face it, I mean. The duty is 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 the word that everyone is using. But the fact that for 70 years she did that job, she did one job and she did it to the best of her ability and she would not stop. Um, and you were you're talking about, you know, Prime Ministers, you know, today. So Justin Trudeau and all, and all the others and the politicians who, who met her and they said her knowledge of world affairs, of politics, of what is happening, what had happened back in there. And they would often say, she would, she would reference something and she would say, oh, I think there was a study about that. Why do not you, you know, about 30 years ago, why didn't you ask somebody about that? And it turns out, oh, yes, that, that had already yeah. been, you know, hashed out because she was simply the, she was the institutional knowledge. That is exactly who she was. And yet she was an institutional knowledge who had fabulous jewelry, who had wonderful yeah. code, and, code and stuff and corgis. I mean, really, what more do you want?
1: Well, she also read a room. I mean, I was reading Catherine Clark, daughter of Joe Clark, former prime minister, yeah. about her accounting. And it's a really lovely story, which I posted on my Twitter, where she talks about going to a cocktail party for the Queen at one of the visits with her father. And as a little girl, she just had to kind of sit there. And then the Queen came over and said, why aren't you in school? And she said, well, I'm here to see you. And then as it went on, she was getting very bored as a child would and sat on the chair because she wanted to leave. And her mum said, we can't leave until the Queen leaves. And so then the Queen came back over to her and said... Why are you still not in school? And she said, Well, I can't leave until you leave. And to the Queen said, Well, then let's go and took her hand and they walked out. She, she had an ability to be very human. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe the, the Princess Diana moment was a turning point for her, but nonetheless, she did have very nice moments where she could read a room and, and leave everybody who she met with a, an impression. But the other thing she had the ability to do, um, you know, she, she modernized the monarchy. She was able to mm-hmm. contain a lot of the crazy. And, and certainly, Meghan and Harry, um, you know, they brought a lot of issues and problems to, to her, mm-hmm. to Buckingham Palace. And and so a lot of that, of, of their kind of drama, what do you see happening this week? Because mm-hmm. she's not welcome there, and they've made clear, um, and I think Harry is not on good terms with any of them. How do you see this falling out and the, and the new king? I you, think, you know, reigning I think in? for the
3: next 10 days, that's all put aside. There's no question Do you about think
1: that. Harry will be with his yeah. brother with the royal and do you think Meghan Markle will be?
3: Absolutely. I I I don't think there's a question about that because this is yeah. this is this is not about them. This is not about it shouldn't be. their interpersonal problems. It's about the it's about the monarchy. It's about the institution. Um, mm-hmm. it 's about and it 's about honoring their grandmother right, and mm-hmm. so you don 't want to make yourself the story the stories and that 's why when they came for the uh, platinum Jubilee, remember how everything was very carefully, very precisely organized, so you didn 't get those angsty headlines because it wasn 't about them, it was about the queen and honoring her mm-hmm. for her platinum jubilee, and I think we 're going to see exactly the same thing um, that that it is all about her, and that's going to be the focus. And the focus is also going to be on the new monarch. It's going to be on King Charles III. So he's giving the address to to Britain and the Commonwealth. It'll be 1 o'clock our time, uh, Eastern. Um, And then tomorrow, the Accession Council, uh, which is the Privy Council. They get to change the name once a reign. Accession Council. And that's going to be televised live for the first time in history. And so we're yeah. seeing this these are the changes, right? Because they're gonna have something every day leading up to the to the funeral, sometimes several times a day. It's all kind of mapped out and planned out. And then you just change things as, you know, as as things develop, but the basic structure is there.
1: Well, King Charles has trained for this job, and she has trained mm-hmm. him for this job uh, every day of his life, and um, he's got a big job ahead, so I think 6 o'clock uh, London time, 1 o'clock our time will set the tone as the king speaks publicly for the first time since uh, becoming king. Nonetheless, it's a fascinating time. So much will be learned, and I appreciate your time because I know how busy you are as well.
3: Oh, it's my pleasure, Alex. That's Patricia Trouble,
1: a royal commentator, and they are very, very busy uh, right now going to all of the issue stories, and uh, and a lot of stuff I don't think we, we thought about when this would happen. Kind of like, well, the Queen will die, and then it's, no, life does not go on. It's just everything comes to a stop. In, in a story like this, in a, a huge story like this, we, we get literally, like, it just, so much information. After a while, you just, you don't even know where to start and where to stop. <laughs> like, it's just so much information. And it's coming in from all over the world, and you got to parse through all of it. And it's protocols, and it's changes, and it's announcements, and it's a lot. And so uh, we're trying to get you the most important stuff. And um, one of those is something we'll talk about, and we have been talking about, like, what happens now? Like, how do we do business? Because government, business, all stop. There are very strict protocols, and because we're a commonwealth nation, we have to go into mourning as well. So there's a lot of things not happening. It's not business as usual. We'll go through some of that in just a second. Stay here with us. I'm Alex Pearson. This is 640 Toronto.
0: Thank you mr speaker mr speaker it is my sad duty to inform the house that her majesty the queen has died long live the king the thoughts and prayers of all canadians are with his majesty the king the queen consort and the royal family at this devastating time and out of respect and in mourning i seek unanimous consent that the house do now adjourn until 2 p.m on wednesday september 14th at which time this house will pay tribute to her majesty's incomparable
4: legacy on this sad day i join everyone across our province country in the world in commemorating the remarkable life of her majesty queen elizabeth ii the queen of canada throughout her historic reign she taught us the true meaning of selfless service and was respected and admired for her sense of duty and commitment to charity
1: so that was official business at the queen at queen's park assuming it stays, Queen's Park, Uh, yesterday, uh, emotional, obviously, for the House Speaker, Paul Calandra, um, as he had to literally stop all government business. That's what we do as a member of the Commonwealth. We also go into a state of mourning. And so Paul Calandra came out and read that statement. The Premier then makes his comments. um, And then business stopped. And the days and weeks to follow, you know, we'll we'll see how embedded the Queen is to the fabric of this country, because as Dave and I were talking about, Government documents change. All references to Her Majesty, constitutions have to be changed. Passports and government ID have to be changed. Flags, royal portraits, stamps, money, all that becomes a king. And certainly in the bigger... I mean, it's going to take a while, and the prime minister will, I guess, decide when and how certain things happen. And then, of course, King Charles will be confronted with, you know, a lot of political peril for this new monarch who, you know, after Barbados became a republic in 2021, he's going to face the loss of other possible um, prominent parts of the Caribbean Commonwealth and other countries, because that will be a natural conversation of what's our future with the monarchy. Dr. Laura Stevenson, the professor of politics and political science over at Western University, and joins us now. Good to have you, Doctor. Thanks for having me. I guess um, in, in, in you know, the passing of the Queen, it's, it's one thing to be prepared with the obituaries and the funeral services and all that. But I never really, I don't think any of us really thought undoing, uncoupling from the Queen is a lot of work. Like, it's a ton of work.
2: I mean, it is, certainly. Um, but I think we need to make a distinction because, you know... We're, we're very accustomed to seeing the queen's image everywhere. And yeah. uh, certainly that will change. But um, some of you've probably had really old coins uh, somewhere in your pocket when it had a picture of the, the previous king on it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like things go, things are no longer useful just because the queen has passed on. I mean, the thing is that in Canada, we have you know a monarch but the monarch has continuity and so whether it's the previous queen or the current king um it doesn't really make that much of a difference so we'll see more of like i guess symbolic changes but i don't mm-hmm. think it needs to be done quickly um it'll be done in the in the course of time you know so if new new money is printed it will need to have new faces on it and things like that mm-hmm. but um it's it's going to be a more of a visual reminder, I think, for us. But in terms yeah. of how Canada operates, it's actually not that different.
1: Yeah, it's just going to be like you know the passports are going to have to change, and I guess the government's going to have to decide. Okay, are we going to wait this out and let uh, passports? I mean, I don't know what the what the rules are. Like how quickly? You know, I'm reading about the courts and they had to change all their language. You know, it's the King's Bench, not the Queen's Bench. I mean, there are things that have to change as far as as writing in that. How quickly does that have to change? Or you know, for practical reasons, could they say, look, a passport, that will be 20 million passports that have to be renewed and changed, or would they just let them run out?
2: I would suspect they're just going to let them run out, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think that would, uh, anybody who has a current passport, it's still, you know, um, in the name of the the monarch that was in existence at the time. And so new ones will have to be with uh, Charles's information. And hopefully... Uh, this won't cause more of a delay, right? For the people who are trying to renew or get new passports right now. Um, But again, I don't think this, the change doesn't really invalidate what we've had. You're right that it does these other kinds of changes, like in how we refer to things and in, you know, in in, uh, oaths and things like that are going to have to be referred or changed so that they're current. Right. And Mm -hmm. it makes sense. If you're going to uh, declare allegiance uh, to somebody, it would make sense that you declare allegiance to the person who is in um, who is raining and is alive.
1: But yeah, I mean it would sound a little awkward if we say her Majesty uh but we like you too King uh, you know, but there's gonna exactly. be things there's an attach there's an attachment to the Queen um you know and certainly she is branded here. Uh, you've got uh, I was like the Queen's plate comes to mind. it doesn't sound the same as being a king's plate. could could they leave it as the Queen's plate or is that just like a no no like does do things like Queen's Park get changed to King's Park like what what of, of the everyday Queen Elizabeth way, the Kiwi W all do those things have to change or or could they say no just leave them?
2: So I don't think those will change. Um, and maybe there's others who are more experts on this than I am. But if you think about, you know, bridges that are named for people or uh, previous monarchs and things like that, like the the names remain, right? Uh, Prince Edward Island, for example, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It didn't yep. get changed. Um, and so uh, the the reason to um, alter the the language from queen to king would be if it's a current thing, right? But not necessarily Mm -hmm. if something was named in honor of Queen Elizabeth, then it was still named in honor of her, and that would be how it remains.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what stays, what goes, and what people notice. Uh, In the bigger picture, though, there there are a lot of things that um, future-wise, and certainly the conversations already start as to what the future of the monarchy looks like. I mean, we are a pretty big player in it. And there's lots of debate about what our future should be. Um, and, and those conversations, I think, will likely start soon. Uh, and the Prime Minister um, is going to have to make some decisions. We've already seen, you know, the, in the Caribbean, uh, they've had changes. Do you, where do you see this part of the conversation going? And what role could Canada play in the monarchy that would not look the way it did, let's say, under Her Majesty?
2: So, I mean, the the Crown is really... Um tightly intertwined with all of Canadian government in ways that a lot of us don't even think about. Um, So if you're thinking about, you know, getting rid of the monarchy in Canada, if that's kind of where where you're headed with this, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a much larger conversation that would take um, widespread agreement across all of the provinces. Uh, I would think it would take a referendum, no? um, Well, (laughs) the need for referendum is sometimes to, to assess public opinion. Right? Yeah. So it can be done. There are various ways to go about doing things. But I don't think we're going to see quite as much widespread desire to get rid of the monarchy. I mean, it would be a dramatic change in how we go about doing our mm-hmm. business if we think about the crown as being um, separate from, apart from, um, overseeing, I guess, the operations of our government. They're kind of like that final um, check, right? right? That That's yeah. possible. And it doesn't usually come into, into play. Um, and that's kind of the convention of letting you know Canada govern Canada. Um, but we do have this head of state that is not here, right? <laughs> um, and um, the power of the governor general is to largely um, enact the the monarch's power. So it's an interesting um, it's an interesting dilemma to think about. But I'm not sure mm-hmm. that it's a public opinion that you we've seen maybe in other uh, realms for getting rid of the monarchy here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Australia, I know, has kind of had the debate as well. I think people oversimplify it. Um, I think people don't really understand necessarily the need for it. And therefore, it just becomes a, well, what do we need it for? What does it do? And so there's a, a real detachment of of what it actually serves this country, and what undoing it would actually mean for us. I mean, it's not it's not as easy as saying we're not part of it anymore.
2: Exactly. I think that's exactly the point. And so when it comes down to it, You know, there'd have to be an an awful big push uh, and a will to um, to remove the monarchy and to uh, go it alone. And then the question becomes all the other changes just in terms of even how our government's function um, would have to occur. And so I I personally don't see that happening, um, but maybe I'm wrong and maybe we'll see, uh, you know, and. Upswelling of of opinion that might lead us down that uh, down that road, but it would be uh, dramatic and, as you said, very complex and much more um, involved than people might imagine.
1: Yeah, and just be, quickly before I get to go, let you go. This will be generational. Certainly, if you're an older generation and this is your queen um, or was your queen, you'll have different thoughts on it than let's say some of the younger generations that just have not been exposed to this and don't care. What question then, um, you know, as we mourn the loss of the queen, as regarding the future of the monarchy, should Canadians uh, be aware of, or be asking, or looking into, you know, in the regards? Because it is not a simple matter. But what sh- what is the takeaway you think Canadians should have when questioning? Our role moving forward.
2: Yeah. To be honest with you, I'm I'm very fascinated by institutions, so I'm just uh, yeah. very interested to see how things unfold in the next little while. I think uh, Canadians maybe should think about. Um, the role of the crown in our government, um, maybe a little bit more, but it's hard because of the celebrity status the royal family mm-hmm. really has in a different way, right? We see them coming on tours and things like that. And then separate from that, we see, or we hear about the role of the governor general, maybe around election time or something like that. But the the intersection of those two things is is very rare. And so I think there's still a fascination with um, with the royal family and that celebrity aspect of it that might cause some disconnect for people to think mm-hmm. about like the functional role they play.
1: Yeah. The the celebrity that the queen absolutely uh, just did not have any time for and have wanted nothing to do with. And, and yet now she's gone. It'll be interesting to see if the, if the king can uh, control it because it's going to be very difficult. Nonetheless, uh, lots of interesting conversations to come. I appreciate your time.
2: Uh, no problem. Have a good day.
1: That's Dr. Laura Stevenson, who's, in political science over at Western University. So again, the conversation about the monarchy is not like a simple, are we in, are we out? It's just not. There's a lot of complexity to it. And I I think, you know, the conversations will change, but I'm not so sure we just want to get rid of it. I'm not. And again, it's not as simple as just walking away. On the other side of this, if you're a super fan of the Queen, very sad day indeed. And we will talk with someone who is not just a super fan, like a super duper duper fan. We'll talk to her story and tell her story next.
0: I'm fortunate to be a witness to many of the developments and accomplishments of modern Canada. As Queen of Canada for nearly six decades, my pride in this country remains undimmed. Thank you again for your welcome. It is very good to be home.
1: And she was home. When the Queen was in this country, she was not visiting. It was her home. She was touring. She was seeing her home. And that is how she was greeted. It wasn't, oh, the Queen is visiting. She loved this country. She had a deep passion for this country. She came here more than any other Commonwealth nation. She learned our language, French, French. Um, she certainly recognized our diversity. She had a real commitment uh, and, and care for this country. And, you know, so there's going to be a real sense of, of loss that's going to hang over us for some time. And then you got to imagine, like, what if you're a diehard monarchist or, or a royal fan? I mean, there are millions of people out there, certainly across this country, thousands of people who are passionate. Their passion is the royal family and all the royal family. And they collect and mark every occasion. And so they are dealing with a different kind of grief because the loss of a queen, especially someone like the queen, accomplished as a queen, is a, is a real heartbreaking moment. Alison Dalzell is what we call a royal superfan, and she joins us now. Thanks so much for joining us. So you have been watching the royal family. From, this is your passion. What is it? Let me get your thoughts, first of all, when, when the passing of the queen, which we all knew would happen. What, what, what happened and what was your, uh, your reaction?
4: Okay, well, uh, first of all, I, I've been a royal fan since Diana. I was a little kid when she got married. I stayed up through the night. And from then, I, I started, you know, my any money that I got for my birthdays or babysitting, I would buy these magazines and I made scrapbooks about Sarah, mm-hmm. Diana, the families, the kids. You know, so it, that's where it started. And so now, like, I, you know, when, when William got married and when, when Harry got married, I was throwing, like, Pretty big royal wedding parties for them, and possibly it was one of those that ended up um, because it, you know, I made the news across the pond. I was actually invited to go to Buckingham Palace a couple of years ago, and so wow. I was like, like really close to her. Like I was, you know, uh, across a table with, let's say, from her, and you know she was adorable. She was t- like a tiny, a tinier mm-hmm. than you can even imagine, but <laughs> uh, she had a grace and everything was. Was um, matching her umbrella, her little bag, her purse, her hat, everything. She was so cute. And uh, it just it was an honor. It was an honor to get to be there. And, uh, and just, you know, my, my love for her didn't never, will never go away, honestly.
1: It's interesting you you talk about your um your moment of becoming a royal fan. What was with Princess Diana? And I rem- you know I'm thinking back in my mind. Yeah, I think for a lot, my certainly I remember we stayed up all night. We had to see that dress. It was a never ending dress. I mean, it was it was a big event to watch that wedding, and I think for younger you know, generations, you know, it, it was the like kind of their first big exposure to a big royal uh, moment. And so I think a lot of people, um, you know, outside of our parents, that's when we joined it. So I think that's an interesting uh, point you break, uh, bring up, uh, but I also think, and I've kind of been talking about this, I think, and I hadn't really given it much thought, you know, she was a woman in a job at a time when women really weren't supposed to have jobs, They were women were to be seen and not heard, she was up against the toughest of the tough, the uh, most important men ruling the world, and, and they, not only did they tolerate her, they respected her,
3: right,
4: I, I actually think of I I've been thinking about it a lot in the, like since yesterday, just the fact that she was twenty one when yeah. she first, you know, made a pledge to commit her life and her service to to her country and to and all the Commonwealth nations. Twenty one I have a twenty one year old daughter and, and mm-hmm. like you know, and she's she she's educated. Queen Elizabeth wasn't. She didn't have she didn't have, you know, the 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 legacy that she has. She has given her own children and their children in terms of, you know, teaching them the ropes. She took on that role very early. And she, she really hadn't even gone to university. It was, you know, she was basically, you know, had to make her own path with what people told her to do. And she kind of stood out as a, as a, as a strong figure. And she put, she put country over family. And she, you know, uh, people obviously learned to, res- like, respect her. You know, pro- you know, she was probably placed there because they had nobody else. Her, mm-hmm. her uncle had abdicated. But she earned her role and, and the respect from everyone. I was actually there in June for the while they were preparing for the jubilee, and yeah. and there were, and, and I, because I have a soft spot for Harry and Meghan and all the and you know all everything that's playing out. I, I actually every every time I got in a taxi, I asked the taxi drivers how do you feel about Harry and Meghan, and the one thing like there might have been division on support for them, but the one thing that never ever you know waned was their love for the Queen and you could mm-hmm. see it everywhere like they didn't just they didn't just put little displays in the window they had flowers that were bigger than the buildings they had like displays they had everywhere yeah. you went it was like this was an honor she, 70 years she had been there she, they love her they adore her and it doesn't matter like everything else you know people might judge what she should have done or maybe should have you know decisions that she could have you know taken directions now but they, their love for her will never change. Just before I let you go, because
1: I do think that there's a moment here, you know, my nine-year-old came home from school yesterday and said, Mommy, the Queen is dead. And, I, and I, it was my first moment really kind of talking to him about this big world moment. It's when I got very emotional, really talking about you'll never see this kind of woman uh, or power again. We just won't see someone like her in our lifetime. And I can't think of anybody who is as accomplished and or as a a figure as she is. Do you think um with the coverage and what we learn about the Queen in the coming days might soften and or remind younger generations, um, you know, I don't know what our relationship will be with the monarchy moving forward, but do you get the sense that younger generations might pick
4: up a thing or two here that they didn't really realize before? I I really hope that people do watch the tributes. I hope that, because there's so much to be learned about, you know, I mean, she was driving, she was a driver in the war. There was, like, things that, like, Mm -hmm. that, you know, that she did that happen behind the scenes that people aren't aware of. So I I think it's really important because there are lessons to be learned in her legacy that will be carried on to next generations. And, you know, right now, everything's getting bogged down in the fighting between the family and, you know, a a new king is going to be taking over. And there's like a bit of, you know, you aren't mentally prepared for those kind of changes. But, I, I mean, I hope that people give them the space and I hope that, they as a, as a royal family listen to what's being said because there's you know like the, they they have a habit of kind of like putting things you know sliding them under the rug to kind of avoid them and not dealing with them, but you can't moving forward it, like you know nobody's going to let up on those on all the secrets so you might as well you know embrace you know embrace the good that that you know their their mother and grandmother gave them and, you know, change, shift, be open-minded, you know, accept some of the of the responsibility for things that weren't so pleasant, and then move yeah. forward. And I hope that people, instead of, like, jumping all over them, like, give, like forgive and, and, and move forward.
1: Agree. Alison, thank you so much. I know you're feeling very sad, so we'll uh, yeah. give you our thoughts, and I, I do appreciate you sharing your yeah. time with us. Thanks. Thank you so much. That's Alison uh, Dalzell, one of the many who had to... Had to share company with the Queen and gets to now remember that. Maybe the Queen's work ethic. I would love it if that rubbed off on the younger generations. Even just a little bit. And that does end the show. Thank you, Mr. Corey Manuel. I thank you, Ms. Heather Purden. I thank the team. Have a terrific weekend. We'll keep you covered. I'm Alex Pearson. This is 640 Toronto.